Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Today, special episode, I've got a couple of guests joining me and Phyllis the dog. We've got Channing and John of Lake and Lindale in the house today. Hello. Welcome to the hey. show, y'all. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming over to my this house. Awesome. Thanks for petting my dog. Uh, your dog She's is having the just the best time right now. <laughs> she kind of sees you as her savior. Yeah. We had her in the kennel for a minute, and then we let her out, and she tried jumping onto the couch and missed. Aww. <laughs> We're all good now. She's good now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. She, is, she is loving this right now. Look at those big, big puppy dog eyes. I'm always a believer that dogs are the best judges of character. Like, if my dog doesn't like somebody, I You're probably like, don't like you? them. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. that's for sure. Phyllis yeah. is not. She. I have had guests on the show before that she has not wanted anything to do with. <laughs> oh no! Sorry, Caleb Shearer. <laughs> but yeah, she's calling. She has chosen you, Channing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am glad. I'm here for it. Well, y'all, thanks for coming her. over today. Thank you for uh, giving me some of your time to just sit and talk. Yay! Yeah, thank you. So, Appreciate like it. I was telling you before we started recording, I always. Uh, ask the same question uh, how I met the guests so Channing John do one of you want to regale the story of of how we met okay Um, I do remember sending a message like hey I'm so and so uh, wondering how to get into Nashville tour stop and then I remember you saying come out like told me when the next show was um, Belcourt Taps R.I.P. Yeah. I miss that venue so much. I do too, man. Um, I have a very good memory drinking late with you there one night. I have a memory of that happening, but I don't <laughs> re- remember. Okay, here's what sticks out in my mind. I remember drinking and sitting next to us, there was some gal... And she had a few drinks, too. I don't know who she was. I don't know if she was attending National Tour Stop or just hanging. But she studied, like, opera in college. And she was drunk enough to tell everybody that I studied opera in college. Wow. And was singing. Oh, God. And remember, Eric, our our bass player, was egging her on. And I she don't was remember just belting, I don't remember like, this either. operatic. <laughs> How many beers did we have before this happened? <laughs> That might have been in the uh, Lost Count segment. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? We were sitting on the patio, right? Yes. I do do remember this because it was the same night they were giving away all of these just disgusting beers that they had had. Um, (laughs) The bargain bin. They were in in these brown and purple bottles. And when they popped the uh, bottle caps off, they started foaming. Like, you know how if you do the, the bottle tap, they overflow? But they were overflowing like a slow middle school science project. Just. (laughs) And we were like, I don't care. They're a dollar. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. They were the one dollar. Let's get rid of these beers. Gosh. Count me in. (laughs) Wow. So we met at Belcourt. Certainly many, many moons before that, though. Because we met before. No. We met before COVID. We met before that for sure. 2020 B.C. Before COVID. Mm. Um, and I believe we just found... Yeah, because we said we played a show at Live Oak. I swore we did a round at Belcourt before we played full band show, but... I could go back uh, in the calendar and look, but another time. It's all... Uh, yeah. Dude, it's... Yeah, details are always so crazy when you live, like, musician life. There's so many 
fortunate to have so many like good times that they yeah. all just kind of run together. They all, they, you dude, know? Oh my gosh, dude. I, I say that all the time because people are like, oh, we, I, I saw you at a tour stop show and I'm like, I'm, you're going to have to be way more specific <laughs> yeah. than that. It's right. Like, because I've seen everyone at yep. tour stop shows. They're like, yeah. oh, well, it, it was that one, that, that venue, that taps venue. It's like, oh, right, that narrows it down <laughs> to three. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gosh, so uh, we met we met in 2020, and you played our Tornado Benefit show at Live Oak full band. Yes. Yes, we did. I <laughs> So I don't know why I remember this specifically, but I had my cousin had just moved to Nashville, and <laughs> this is a really random story, but when we were little, it, we always laugh about this because we were like singing together at church or something, the bottom of our mic fell out, and we just laughed, and it was this whole thing. <laughs> And she came out to watch us play that night. She had, like, just moved, first time seeing us. And the bottom of my microphone, the cord fell out while I was, like, singing. And it was one of those things where we made eye contact like, and just, oh no. just lost it because it just took <laughs> us right back. <laughs> I don't know why that sticks out in my head, but I think it was just her being there and us being like, oh, Well, this is happening now. Ooh, I got a question then regarding that. What's like some of the most embarrassing stage moments that you can think of? Oh my of? gosh. Um Oh yeah, this is fun. So I don't I don't think that it was a tour stop show. I think I was performing once, but I was trying to do like guitar player power stance and I just ripped the crotch right out no. of my right <laughs> out of my jeans. And like I, I had tried doing the whole like big spread eagle power stance and my my bright green boxers just went we're here <laughs> i was literally gonna ask what under you if you remember oh. what underwear you were wearing I, and you I was mortified do you That's still have amazing. the bright green boxers though i gosh gosh <laughs> i don't think i don't think that i've had anything more embarrassing though than my 27th birthday party at alley taps yeah which was uh, a tour stop show i grandma if you're listening to this Maybe fast forward, <laughs> but this was the birthday I got what I can only describe as the drunkest anyone has ever been <laughs> and then proceeded to perform. Mm, oh, yep. So okay. I, okay. I tried playing a song of mine called White Noise, which is about tourists and woo girls, and I, I had at least... 18 drinks before I performed. Oh my gosh. I performed at 9 o'clock and I got to the bar at 5 and I was doing an arm tally with a sharpie to keep track of how many I had. Okay. And it was, there's footage of it but I've never watched it and it was just, I, I couldn't remember the words. I had the words on my phone looking at them and I couldn't remember the words, couldn't remember the chords and I just at one point remember screaming <laughs> and then I just said, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> and then I just took off my guitar and got off stage. It was the first song of the round. I was like, yep, this isn't going to happen with me. I'm done. And, and I just we're got done off here. stage. Okay. And then there was just a smattering of applause. And, and my buddy on stage was like, okay, so anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what I respect about you in that story is like, in the moment, 18 drinks deep, you had the wherewithal to be like, 
I can't do this. <laughs> yep. For some people, 18 drinks deep would be like, I'm the best. I'm performing. <laughs> I'm crushing it right like, now. That says a lot about your, your maturity with alcohol. Yeah, right? the, uh, the whatever it is you want to call it, that lack of awareness never goes away. My brain was just like, all right, we're out of control here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, that, that, that's, there's like that note in your brain that never isn't sober, even though your body and the rest of you yeah, is like, yeah, it's fine. I there's something that. inside of you that's going... All right, bud. That's good. Let's, uh, let's pump the brakes that is a little. Good. That's good. Yeah. No, that's a good thing. Yep. So I got off stage. we all know people that are the opposite. Got like, off stage, and I went and sat in this girl's lap that I was dating at the time. <laughs> and uh, all of my friends, did, I hadn't told anybody I was dating her at the time. And all of my friends thought that I just went and sat in this random hot girl's lap. <laughs> and, and they came up to me, and they're like, hey, bud, let's... <laughs> Let's get off of this nice lady. And I was like, I'm I'm with her. I'm with her. And and they're did like, they believe you? Or were they no, like, No, they didn't you're believe drunk me. Right she, now. she did try to be like, No, it's okay, it's oh, okay. Okay. But I don't think they believed it and then we did break up shortly thereafter. Oh. Because someone did come up to her and they're like, Are you Aaron's girlfriend? And she's like, Nope. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yep. So I. Uh, oh my gosh. That was my 27th birthday, and I never did that again. <laughs> yeah, you learned. See, that's another important quality then. Yeah. You learn your lesson. I did learn. Yep. Yeah, the hard way. Because my videographer, who still works for Tour Stop named Dylan Reeves, was filming my birthday party that mm-hmm. night. Uh-huh. And he has the full, oh. I would probably call it two and a half minutes I tried to sing on video. Yep. And he said he's just waiting for the day when he needs to embarrass me. And so you've never seen it. I've never. I can't. I, I like, like inside I of me it. know it's so awful. And I don't want to have to remind myself that I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do get kids sometimes saying they're like, I don't know if I'm good enough to play tour stop. And I always say, don't worry. You will not be the worst person to ever play because that was me. <laughs> I was the worst person that ever played oh Nashville tour stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've learned that the hard way as well. <laughs> we watch ourselves when. <laughs> well, me. Oh, yeah, we're, I watch myself when we have to perform. <laughs> yeah, I cannot function if. Yeah, so, I don't even bother. <laughs> let's get the elephant out of the room, though. Uh, okay. You guys are married. Oh yeah, we are married. That old thing. How awkward would it be <laughs> if I was if I said that and you're like. No, we're not. <laughs> All these years, I thought you were married. But no, you're, you're married. We you're actually a, got a you're divorce a, you're yesterday. You're in a duo, and you're in a band, and you're also, uh, you're also happily married. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So when, which, which came first, the, the music or the, the dating? The music. Yep. We probably we started playing in a band together, different band than Lake and Lindale, um, in Minnesota, probably in 2012, Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and then... Probably didn't start dating for about a year after that, or nah, so were around you, that time. Channing, were you always the front woman, the singer? Yeah, so our band in Minnesota was me, and then there was also a male lead. So it was kind of more like Lady okay. A type style. Okay. Yeah. When did uh, Lake and Lindale come into the picture? So the plan for that band in Minnesota, we had always talked about moving to Nashville together. There were six of us. Um, and then towards the end, there were just a couple members that decided it wasn't the best call mm-hmm. just for their lives. And so the four of us in Lake and Lindale now, we moved down together and we were going to try to keep 
like the name, but it was such it was going to be such a different type of project right. and like music and in general that we just were like, okay, we're going to clean slate. Um, and that's when we came up with Lake and Lindell. We didn't become Lake and Lindell till after we moved here, and okay. then just re restructured everything and kind of started. So started you, new. the four of you in the Lake and Lindale band are the core members. You're always the same four, which is one of those band dynamic things that I really love about you guys. So Thanks. many artists in Nashville are like, it's me. I'm the, 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 I'm the artist and you're my band. Yeah. And then it just makes that it's more transactional. Yeah. You guys look like you're having the best fucking time in the world when you play. We, you're friends. I mean, we are. I, I'm actually glad you dropped the first F-bomb. I was going to ask if we swear on this podcast. You, yes, you sure can. <laughs> well, god dang. <laughs> um, yeah. When it comes to bands and artists and everything, I think there's pros and cons to both. Okay. That we found. Um, because actually that was something that came up when we first moved. It was, okay, is it going to be like Channing and the, you know, whatever we came up with, I guess, at the time. Channing and the boys. And we, mm-hmm. just really, we just really wanted to keep it as a band band. So coming up with a band name is really hard, too. It's that took hard. a long Taken, time. So can you give us the background behind Lake and Lindale? Yeah. Um, those are streets in Minneapolis. Okay. So after we moved, we... We just wanted to keep, like, some sort of, like, Minnesota thing. And just with the coming up with a band name in general is really hard. But that was like, oh, I remember my wonderful contribution was I really like the letter L. And they're yeah, like, yeah. cool. <laughs> That's helpful. Great. <laughs> but hey, it worked out. <laughs> I remember that, too. <laughs> they're like, sweet, Channing. Thanks for the help. <laughs> You're like, like, great. I don't know Did you want to pick one anything. of the other 25 letters? <laughs> right. You know, if L sparks anything. But then we were starting to think of Minnesota, and then we were, yeah. Those are cross yeah, streets. Yeah, cross so streets. It just kind of worked. Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah. So Minnesota it's, natives then. Correct, yeah. And you moved to Nashville in what year? 2018. 18? 17? It yeah, was 17 or 18. I and can't remember now. Coming down, Channing and I had been coming down even before we were married, okay. like for visits and stuff, just to try to see if it was something we liked and wanted to do. And then... Yeah, it finally moved. Yeah, it was always on my radar because I grew up in Illinois, like Southern Illinois. So my family's like five hours from here and I had moved to Minnesota for college and that's where I met the boys and stuff. But I was always ready to get out of there. I I don't do winters. I mean, I did, I guess, somehow, (laughs) (laughs) but I hated it. And I was I just had never planned on being there as long as I was in general. So Nashville was always on my radar and it was just, but our band up there, uh, just what you were saying, like how close we are, the four of us, it was also all six of us. We had a gotcha. very, very close relationship. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to be like, cause there were multiple times I almost moved and then I always stayed because of the band. Cause I was like, Oh, I love these guys so much. <laughs> and like things were going well. And, um, it was just really hard to leave, and finally I was like, okay, if I never do it, I'm not going to. I never saw myself staying in Minnesota, and I want to be closer to my family. The songwriting aspect had a big part of that for me, so. Yeah. You know what's weird, too? And I don't know if we've talked about this. Like, Channing and I have talked about this, but I remember early on, like, taking trips to Nashville, and we actually had, like, some good meetings and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but the songwriting wasn't there yet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And it, it was weird. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to see your personal growth and mm-hmm. not saying we have it all figured out yet now either, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was, was definitely a different thing. That. Yeah. And that, you just I mean, that was probably, we started coming down here probably, what, 10 years ago. Well, we didn't really get, I mean, it took a while to realize the caliber of songwriting. Mm -hmm. Like. Songs that you were proud of and wanted to share with people enough to be like, this is, this song is better than Minneapolis. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of hit the ceiling of what you can do in your your hometown. And you're like, man, I think I've got to try to take the next step. Yeah, I think a lot of people deal with that and why they ultimately move. Like, when did you move? I moved in 2017 from Columbia, Missouri. For, okay. like, kind of similar reasons? Where oh, it was yeah. Like I kind mean, of, yeah. my hometown's music scene was pretty limited. We had a couple of venues, but the scene was super hard rock. And mm-hmm. that's what sold. Like, there was yeah. a big, there's a, still a big event every year called the Seattle Royale, mm-hmm. where the biggest, like, rock bands in my hometown all cover Soundgarden and Nirvana and Alice in Chains. And it's a cool night, but yeah. that's what people there really like. Mm-hmm. So if you're anything other than a rock band, nobody cares. Right. Yeah. So I had to move somewhere where I could play the acoustic guitar. And like, you see three electric guitars in my living room here, but I I wasn't a rock band and I still love rock yeah, music. Yeah, you're like a, you're a rock guy. I'm but definitely a rock you guy. You had a love of country music too that I have a love of songwriting and Uh, stuff like that that Mm -hmm. just it's so much fun to just do anything you want but if you don't do the one thing that you do in Columbia Missouri nobody cares yeah so I had to move somewhere like Nashville where any kind of music could potentially be acceptable yeah yeah well I think for the songwriting thing I never I mean I'm never like you have to be in Nashville to be a good songwriter absolutely not but just looking at like just living here, it wasn't happening up there as much. Like it wasn't such a normal thing where, okay, we're going to write, you know, like four days a week or like, and everyone's Mm -hmm. doing that, you know? And so being here now, I think that's just where the growth comes from because I'm like, I used to be like, Oh, I have to be, well, basically I just wasn't disciplined because I was very like, I, I mean, I also need to be inspired and all these things, but now it's gotten to where it's like, no, you just need better discipline and I was just not doing that in Minnesota and didn't feel like I was surrounded by people with that yeah, same that, like mentality mm-hmm. on it. So it was never like, oh, you have to go to Nashville to be a good songwriter. It's just, it just wasn't happening as much there. It wasn't such a normal thing. It right. was more like, okay, play, play with the band. And then I didn't have like a crew to write with regularly, I guess is yeah, where I'm getting like at. one of <laughs> Long-winded ten songwriters in to town just say or whatever. That. <laughs> that's one of the things that I really love about Nashville that's so different than pretty much anywhere else. In Missouri, and I'm sure in Minnesota, it's the same way. If you tell someone you're a songwriter, they say, cool, what do you do for a uh, yeah. day job? What's right. your, what do you do? Yes. And if you say you're a songwriter in Nashville, they say, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. We've talked Me about too. it so many times. I'm a musician. Cool. Yeah. And yep. That level of acceptance here is just unmatched it's amazing and man i wish i could have told my younger self uh, like to not be scared because there are so many Mm -hmm. great musicians because there's so many great songwriters like honestly that prevented me from moving for a little bit because i was like i don't belong i can't make it there i can't do it but like the inspiration and the community that this town has to offer 
it's incredible. I didn't expect. Yeah. The, I mean, the number of times I've been sitting and watching a show or a writer's round, and I hear something on stage or I see something, and then I get an idea for my own yep. song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that wouldn't happen other places. Yeah. Exactly. Not, not the no. volume that it happens here. Yep. Exactly. I agree 100%. Because it, And it just, like, makes you keep getting better and better. Because yeah. you're like... Because you keep getting your ass kicked. It just is the thing. I don't know. Yeah, and it's really cool. then there's, like, the venues here in town that are... I know there's, like, the, the starter venues, and then there's, like, the next tiers and the next tiers and the next tiers. But having a, whatever it is, 100 or 200 venues we have here in Nashville, just that in and of itself is incredible. Because if you move here with no contacts, and, like you said, the songs weren't there yet... And then you want to go play the third Lindsley like venues, you have to grow to do that. And if you can't sell 2000 tickets in Columbia, Missouri, you just can't play. Yeah. Like that's the difference Uh, between uh all these other places in Nashville is we have the ability to develop these artists who don't have bands at a very 50, 100 capacity level. Yep. Which is super cool about Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I never Definitely. thought about it like that. So the songwriting process for a band is very different than a songwriting process for a solo artist. How do you guys divide up the responsibilities between the band? Are you two the primary songwriters or do the, the other guys in the band uh, contribute? Um, towards the beginning, it was mostly him and I... Um, and then kind of bringing the song in, and then we'd just kind of mess around with it. But lately, like the next, our latest single, and then the next three we have, we did start all writing together. So we'll like take like band That's cool. retreats, and um, I feel like we were all kind of nervous at first because the normal thing was like, okay, we'd bring the song, and then we spend time in this, you know, studio or rehearsal and stuff, kind of like building it. But as far Just as like writing it all together, yeah, totally, we'd never done that until a year ago. Okay, yeah. So that's been really yeah. cool. And because because Channing, she does kind of probably the most writing for outside people, and so she might write a song, and then it ends up being a good fit for Lake mm-hmm. and Lindale, and so we'll bring that in. That's cool. So Channing's usually like uh, we've never released something that you're not a writer on. And she, I mean, she's the singer. She's the voice of the band. And so ultimately, she'll have the final thumbs mm-hmm. up or thumbs down on, like, is this something I would say or sing? Um, which can be one of those, qu- <laughs> you know, qualms when it comes to being in a band of, like, right. if I'm like, I love this song. And Channing's like, eh, it's not, like, well, something I would say <laughs> or sing. Well, yeah, because if you, th- all four of us, our personalities are, are like, completely different. <laughs> I have noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, like, the way one will say something, I'm like... I love the idea. I just would never say that. And but it's just the mutual respect we have and we can understand that cuz we mm-hmm. all know we're completely different people. And um it just like all works together. Right. But I feel like we have that good give and take of like, "Oh, okay, you're probably right. That probably doesn't work for this." And yeah. And that's why it's fun to have like a producer in the room too to like kind of herd herd the cats and like <laughs> Help yeah. and make an executive decision. Somebody who can push and pull in the right direction. This, yeah. this is an objective third party. Exactly. That's well, cool. It's uh, Alex Keel has been producing our stuff, and I also write a lot with him. And so he's been coming, like the band writers retreat we did, he came on that. That's cool. And so, yeah, it is good to, you know, because it's not like we get heated a lot. <laughs> But we're a band. It just we spend so much time together. We disagree on things, and you're right. It is nice having to be like, well, the reality of this is, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's incorrect. 
<laughs> so or that like, brings you know up I mean? a, a good point. <laughs> Obviously, band dynamics, you're going to have tension sometimes. Yeah. What do you guys do to, uh, to make it not all about the work? How do you guys maintain the friendship aspect of it? Um, we do spend a lot of time together, even outside of working. Yeah, we'll like, like people not will be, be doing like, any band things, and we'll you guys text are each really other. close. You- I'm like, because we live close to each other, so like it'll just we'll randomly go grab a beer, you know, if we're off one night, and we all live close, so it's like, oh sure, I'll meet you there. We hang out a lot. That's great. Um, <laughs> but we, I mean, I we enjoy each other, and so we're we've been best friends for a super long time. Well, I I just think it's funny because. I've also heard other bands or other people who work together. There is always going to be tension, but I like that we can have our, okay, we need to sit down and everybody like blow up, (laughs) (laughs) get mad. Like, let's talk about it. And then the next day we can come back and be completely fine. Cause it's like, we, it's when you bottle things up, that just never is going to work for a band setting. Cause then it just keeps piling on, piling on. So sometimes we'll be like, all right, everyone, get it out right now. All right, let's yeah. air our grievances. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's great. Let's put up the Festivus poll and air our yeah. grievances. And we don't hold grudges about it. We're like, this really pissed me off. And then he's like, oh, you know what? Because <laughs> we all get on each other's nerves. It's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah, it's that sibling-esque kind of relationship. Well, easy. Um. Oh, yeah. That, that would be weird. <laughs> Obviously not you and I, but... <laughs> Jenning and I are married. We're not siblings. Let's get that out there. So one of those things that you were talking about, Channing, is why I think my band early on broke up is because we never aired our grievances. We never talked about things that were eating at each other. And you're right. It does just one day you're just like, boom, Mm -hmm. over. And neither of you or nobody wants to even try to rectify the problem because that anger has just piled on yeah. for so long so mm-hmm. i think it's important that you do have those days where you're like all right who's got something to say yeah mm-hmm. let's let's get it out because yeah people say like in nashville in the industry it's like it's a longevity game mm-hmm. you know and I, I don't know i'm a believer just like in relationships whether they're romantic or friendships like conflict resolution is key and i'm thankful that we're able to like yell at each other cry it out and move on <laughs> That's cool. So have you noticed that the personal relationship you two have has influenced the band relationship? Or do you try to keep those two things separate for the most part? I'll say... I kind of wish the boys could answer this question. (laughs) No, I do because sometimes when we're traveling with the band, I'll be like pissed off about, you know, him leaving a mess in the room or something and like carry that into and just being like pissed at them <laughs> but it's like outside work stuff i'm sure they would have the thing of like no sometimes you guys bring that energy in. <laughs> we try to not like portray that in the band or even on stage like yeah a lot of people yeah, are yeah. shocked when they find out mm-hmm. we're married <laughs> um i think from a creative standpoint like Channing and I are pretty aligned. Like we've always been into the same stuff, same genre. Like we'll listen to mm-hmm. the same records and stuff. And so that's probably a, a big influence musically. Okay. Um, where I think Eric and Tyler, they kind of fell in love with country music at a later point, or realized that it is a cool genre that has some stuff. They're just to cool offer. dudes. Yeah, oh my cool god! Dudes. You guys really lucked out 
getting such a cool fucking band. Right. <laughs> I swear. You know, I met them before I met John. Really? Yeah. So I, because we have like mutual best friends um, who all went to the same college that we all went to. And we didn't really hang out at school. I don't even think we were there the same years. I can't remember. Um, it was so long ago. <laughs> it, it was. I'm just kidding. It was like yesterday. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking ago? about? I'm 22. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> um, but we have mutual best friends, so I met them probably a couple years before I met John. Yeah. Um, so how did you two actually meet then? College. Yeah. 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 Um, met at school. And then, actually, this is a crazy story that I I went like through... A lot of like vocal issues where I ended up having to have vocal surgery. Um, and so I couldn't do any type of singing. I couldn't go back to school for like a year because it was, they didn't want to just like jump to doing a surgery. They're like, try to heal on your own. Cause I just, when I moved, I got into too many things with like not right. having good technique. That's what I think it comes down to that I just jumped in because you're like, say yes, say yes to everything. And that really backfired. But, um, so I had the surgery, and I was kind of relearning even just how to talk again because I didn't realize I wasn't going to be able to talk for, like, a week. Wow. Like, nothing would come out, even if I tried. Um, so kind of worked my way back, and then the first gig I ever did after that, John had reached out to me and was like, hey, can you come sub in my country band? And I was like, you know what? This will be a good test for me. This was probably, like, a year after the surgery, so I had spent a lot of time, like, working on technique and kind of just being able to do things again. And I almost said no, cause I hadn't like been performing at all or anything. I was like, I don't know if it's safe for me to do this yet, but if it's like a one-off thing, sure. And, uh, he presented it as that I was subbing for someone. And then after the gig, he's like, all right, so what you doing next weekend? And I was like, <laughs> oh, so this was like an audition and you didn't tell me. <laughs> you're like surprised you're in the band now. <laughs> well, that's basically what happened. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> You're like, I but didn't I know that I was applying story. for a job. That was your first gig? That was my first gig back after my surgery. I always think that's kind of wild. Because I didn't know her when she was going through the surgery stuff. Because like, okay. you couldn't talk, right? Like right. Your doctor told you not to laugh. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of... During that time, it was a lot of just like vocal therapy in general of just like speaking. And like, not was laughing. Was your voice different I, than it is now? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of told that, well, one, it got to the point where I'd taken a year off and I was going to completely switch directions because I was like, all right, it's, you know, um, because they had told me that there's no guarantee that you'll like get your range back or that you'll, you know, you're probably going to sound a little different. Um, it may not work at all. Like you still need, may need to just change what you're doing. So I was like, at this point, let's just do it and find out if... You know, um, but yeah, it definitely changed my voice some. Oh, Did it affect your range very much? A little bit. I, I think I, yeah, it did a little bit. Did you lose the high or the low uh -huh. or something? The high? Yep. What about your tone? Was, my tone? Cause like, I've only known your voice since you had the surgery. So I'm curious, like, cause Channing would do like the theme park things where it's like, Whatever, seven shows a day. Oh my god! Well, it was five. Yeah, it was five. It was twenty-five. I know you Let's just said theme park thing, and I don't know why, but I just imagined you running around in like a Donald Duck 
costume or something? Oh, I got a story for you. I seriously do. Um, I worked at this amusement park two summers. I loved Which it. Which amusement park was it? It was called Valley Fair Ooh. in Shakopee, Minnesota. Um, it was like my first summer after I had moved. Every time I think of that time, it just, I loved it. I loved it so much. You're like, you could not be happy. <laughs> it was like five shows a day. And then it was the second summer I did that when during um, my voice teacher, she was like, you really need to like go get this checked out because my range just consistently was getting worse and worse. Okay. Um, and then I was advised not to take that job the following summer. But I did because I was... 20 and thought I was invincible and that no, I get that this is probably not the right decision, but it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. It was I'm not. 20. My it body will heal. Yeah. Nope. It was not fine. Does not. It was two weeks in and I was like, okay, nothing would come out. Mm-hmm. Like nothing would come out. So the rest of the summer I just danced and thankfully my the rest of the cast were like, we'll just cover the solos and stuff. So they were really supportive about it. Um, but <laughs> they do during the, what's it called? Oh, it's called Valley Scare during the fall months. Ooh. And I, so it was after that summer and I wasn't able to go back to school. I'd kind of like stop everything I was doing because of the voice stuff. But I ended up being someone walking around. <laughs> okay. To scare planned. people? No. Oh, no, no, no. This is so bad. Okay. My first costume, I was like this bird lady. I don't know why this was a thing. (laughs) I was in like this big dress, this big wig, and I had to roll around this thing with like birds on it. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was so bad. Pictures. And so I probably, yeah, I'll have to look up if I can find a picture. I'm walking around. And it's just awkward. Like, it's not like a fun character I'm walking around with. As, just a weird you know? bird lady. Like, I'd have kids, like, come up and, like, smack me. <laughs> so finally I was like, okay, this is not working out. So my manager's like, how about you dress up as, like, this witch? And then I'd walk around with one of my buddies who was on stilts. Oh, my God. So that no one would mess with me. I was like, this is terrible. There was also a railroad track that went through it, so I'd have to pick up the thing with birds. <laughs> like, what am I doing right now? But I didn't really have like any other work at the time. So I was like, sign me up. You're like, and this then, is my life now. It was my life. And then they were like... Uh, Just the witch bird lady. <laughs> Oh yeah, anyway. there was one where my friend and I we dressed up as creepy dolls and we just like sat there and pretend like <laughs> oh it was God. yeah, no, we did it. It actually was it got fun. The bird thing, that one didn't work out. The other things were fun. Uh, there was also like this fire show. It was all these fire dancers. And so I'd sit in the crowd and then they'd always pick me and then they'd chop my head off with a guillotine and then I'd come out as one of them with like a snake around. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching a Scooby-Doo movie right now. <laughs> Was there also a, a bunch of hippies and a dog walking around? <laughs> oh, oh, man. It was fun. It was fun. Wait, so they put a, a real snake on you? Yeah, they said, uh, do you want to... It's either the snake... Because, like, the m- main guy in the show, he had the snake that was, like, part of it. And I was terrified of snakes. I hate snakes. I know. The no, worst. I still do. I still do. But I was like, it was either that or I had to learn to like dance with fire. And I was like, this is, 
Ah, that's You're not like, going to happen of these for options me. Sounds great. I lost my voice. I can't. I'm not dancing with fire right now. I feel like nothing's working out right now. I'm not going to even like <laughs> mess with this. I'll. I choose the snake. Oh my god. <laughs> John, I don't feel like you would have any job to match what (laughs) we're hearing from Channing right now. Oh, I was overseas at the time. That's true. You were, yeah. God. Because we didn't know each other then. No. Yeah. (laughs) So was this one of your first jobs you ever had, Channing? Um, As far as after I moved to Minnesota, let's see, I don't know, jobs I worked like for my town of Assumption in Mm -hmm. my summers during high school. So I like paint the curbs and buildings and do things like that. Um, Sounds like you really hit the, the jackpot with uh, the bird lady. The, the bird lady. <laughs> I will never forget my mom just laughing. So, and I know, cause I was like sad about it, but it's so hard not to laugh like that. I'm just like, you know, carrying around this random thing, just rolling it around birds. birds. Like what? I don't know what's happening. Were they live birds? No, 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 no. That would be even crazier. If, uh, if you just had to carry around this <laughs> stick, you're just like, and now I'm carrying around no. a bunch of just loose birds. No. <laughs> I would have just been like, no, <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> oh my gosh. You had to have like the moments waking up every day of like, I moved to Minnesota for music college. And then you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, how did I get here? I'm well, going to make it big. And the, the next bird. thing you know, you're probably wondering how I ended up here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, I will You're say. Probably wondering why I have this. I actually, my neck. minus the birthday, I actually loved all my jobs there, and I loved everyone I worked with, and they were some of my best friends. So it didn't really. It is funny. <laughs> I get like there are definitely parts of it that are hilarious. Like if you just picture, I don't know, carrying around a bunch of birds, but <laughs> <laughs> but it actually really was fun. I loved it. So the I lesson here is. Don't say yes to everything. Well, no, I think I probably would have still said yes to that. That was that was kind of pre-songwriting, though, honestly, because I I did a lot of theater when I was younger. And then with having that job, I was going to I had put out some audition things to go do like the cruise ship Mm -hmm. shows. And so that I think I kind of would have turned more to that sort of thing. That general Um, entertainment kind of a thing. Yeah. But then after I lost my voice and everything, that's when I started because I didn't even want to listen to songs that I enjoyed like singing to anymore because I couldn't. It was such a it was a it was a very hard time mentally for me, I will say. Also, I was much younger, so I just didn't really know how to like <laughs> I didn't know how to navigate it at all. So it did not go well. But... And she had to carry around all those birds. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and the birds. I mean, <laughs> um, but it wasn't until after that that I really shifted into more, like, songwriting and, you know, what it is to, like, be, like, an artist. Mm-hmm. artist. So I think in the end, as much as it sucked, it's something that I look back on. I'm like, huh, my life might look completely different. Had that, I mean, obviously, we all have those things. But mine probably would have looked a lot different had that not happened. So I'm kind of glad it did. Because you're saying, like, losing your voice kind of made you look at music... In a different way, like the songwriting aspect as opposed to just yeah, like singing I just did, high notes? I mean, I started looking at music completely differently. I wasn't really doing much songwriting before that. And then I probably would have gone and done like cruise ship stuff. I probably would have never met you guys or like, I don't know. Yeah. It's when you think of all that. You're <laughs> like, whoa, wild. But anyways, 
<laughs> well, let's take a quick commercial break with Lake and Lindale, and we'll come right back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast, Channing and John of Lake and Lindale in house today. Hey, like hey. I said before, thank you for being here. Phyllis did just bark at John. Glad we had the uh, the mics she off was for just that. Saying, hey. She was in the middle of eating her cheese stick and didn't appreciate the disturbance. <laughs> I mean, I do the same thing to him. She barks at me. <laughs> You're like, I'm busy. Okay, I'm do trying to eat over here. Me. Oh, she is giving you a death stare right now. Oh, we have an understanding. You're having a staring contest. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, your dog is actually cute. You know how like sometimes you're like, oh, your dog is so cute, but you're lying. Mm-hmm. She's actually, she's actually cute. cute. Yeah. People yeah. love to say, oh, my dog is adorable. Yeah, and then you yeah. see a picture of it and it looks like a gremlin. Dude, <laughs> it's at Seinfeld. I don't know if you watch Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld. Yeah. The, the baby episode. Yeah. Like, you're a baby. You got to see the baby. <laughs> Dude, some people think their kids are so cute. Oh, and they're hideous. And like, yeah, it looks like a baby. All babies look the same. My mom tells me I looked like E.T. for like the first couple months. <laughs> My nephew Jackson was an ugly baby. Sorry, Jackson. If you're listening to this. He's six. He's not listening yeah, to this. Nah. But he's, like, he's, fine. he's a cute kid now, but when he was born, he looked like a turnip. <laughs> he was red and hairy, and I'm just like, you, you were a gross little thing. Oh, my gosh. He's like, call me when you're ripe. Like, <laughs> Dude, oh, my gosh. Then we can hang. Oh, So I, 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 don't know. I had, like, no joke, 14 teeth pulled. That's in, also crazy. What? In, um, yeah, in grade school. And it was it was so weird because I had teeth coming in. But my baby teeth were not falling out, so I had like shark teeth, like rows, oh, and so they're like, these baby teeth aren't falling out. We gotta yank them. So, yeah, no joke. Put me under laughing gas. Fourteen teeth pulled, and then for a while it was just like my two front teeth, like a beaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have pictures of this? And that's I don't I, have pictures of that. Your mom probably does. That'll right? make a, a tough kid, though. I became resilient. You use that as like album beaver, artwork. Beaver. Oh. His mom's like, my son's the cutest. Oh my gosh, I was not. It's album like, artwork, you said. It's like I was a like I was a monster of a child. I only had two front teeth. <laughs> I was a pretty cute kid. I had big blonde curls, like platinum really? blonde curls, for a very long time. Wow. Really? Yeah. I still have curly hair if I let it grow out, but I, I, I keep it pretty short these days. I don't like to have the, the long stuff, but yeah. yeah, I had big, big, big blonde locks. Like Afro? Cool. What was that? Like Afro style? Oh, like it? not quite Afro or style, like Robert but Plant. It, the curls were huge. Like I know girls would pay to have hair be as curly yeah. as mine was. You had long, you yeah, had hair long like probably, hair. what, to your shoulders? Yeah. It was super curly. Rock star. But it, I had a similar thing. This was in high school? Are we talking high school? Or are we talking... I... Oh, no. I was much younger. Oh, okay. I was single digits. You were in high school when you had long curly hair. 
right? Yeah. yeah. You didn't have long hair in your rock and roll. When I was in a band, band in high day? school, I still did the crew cut, the real short. Buzz. Really? I have always had a buzz cut since uh, probably 15, 16. I started cutting my hair this short. Huh. I hope uh, that you go through a midlife crisis and then grow it back and have a <laughs> sick pony one day. I, I always wanted to have the rock star hair, but <laughs> it just grows so slowly. Okay. I can't. I would have to. It would take me years to grow my hair out to my shoulders. Yeah. Like, and then there's always like the awkward phase and then yeah. you can't get past that with, you know. The awkward phase where all of the hairdos look bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I'm going to start. If I get a petition for Aaron to grow long hair. How much money and signatures will yeah, let's, it take? Yeah, let's do a fundraiser. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I am going to. I just want to see. Petition it. for Aaron Schilt to grow his hair out, see how curly it gets again. Yeah. yeah like a, do like old Blake Shelton mullet or something. He did have like a mullet, right? I know. Right? You could uh-huh. do that. Yeah. We should bring the mullet back, but it's in an unironic back. way. I think it's back. Oh, in a non-ironic way? Yeah, I don't want to have a mullet and someone to be like, big fan of the 80s, right? And be like... No, <laughs> I just think I look cool. Well, it's weird because it is a thing. Business I, I, in the pr- front, party in yeah. the back. It's Martin Wallen, probably. See, I was the opposite when I was young. I, my parents, I had this bowl cut for like. Oh my gosh, had oh, a legitimate yeah. bowl cut. <laughs> yeah, I did, and it was terrible. And my mom would like curl it and like fluff it, so it was like a fluffy bowl cut. Yeah. Yeah, you looked like a little boy. I was boy not. For sure. I was definitely not not cute. <laughs> <laughs> this just in yeah. on Nashville haircut. Just... Stop. <laughs> yeah, no getting around that one. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about Lake and Lindale, the band. You guys yeah. have been putting music out for a little while, but yeah. uh, have you worked with the same producer the whole time? No. Um, when. We first moved to town, we worked with a guy named John Estes, who's amazing, love him still. And there was that weird time in COVID where he had shut down a little bit his his studio where we would be tracking. Mm-hmm. And enough time went by where we're like, oh, we should put something out. And so we ended up going like on the hunt for a, a different producer. Mm-hmm. But John Estes, we still use him for, you know, if we need an organ, he plays pedal steel, he plays all the things. So, oh. yeah, we'll use him for for stuff still. So what was the mm-hmm. first single you guys put out called? So we put out an EP, oh, yeah, EP. called Habits. Okay. And they were kind of like a few older songs from our old band that we still liked and could mm-hmm. tolerate um, and put those out in like 2018. Was uh, was the EP the very first release? You started with an EP before a single. Yes, that's yeah, cool. We did. That's a little bit different than some bands do. I don't. Uh, we didn't even know what to do. We didn't <laughs> like, know what we were doing. We were just like, let's get something out as fast as we can. Well, you know, the other thing was, it was, it it was like kind of not. I don't want to say painful, but like that band breaking up. I think it was already like. A little sad, like we were all a little sad, but also didn't want to lose any time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, do this as quickly as possible. You don't we want to lose we the momentum doing. that you already had. Yes. Yeah. I get that. Even though it was like, okay, this is like a clean slate, so we have time, but we didn't feel like we did <laughs> in the moment. And it, I think it took a while, like just even within the last couple of years where we've started to kind of dial in on mm-hmm. what we want to sound like and who we want to be. 
So mm-hmm. for the people who are listening who might not know your music, can you give us an elevator pitch of what you would describe the band as? I hate this question. It's so hard. <laughs> Wait, are you doing the elevator pitch? You go for it. Oh my I'll chime in. Um, I would say, first and foremost, it's singer-songwriter based. Like, it has to be a, a mm-hmm. song, a good song. We That's our thing. Um, and I think we lean on kind of the more organic sounds of like the Chris Stapletons or right. I mean we can get weird with things I love Miranda and stuff but you're definitely not pop country at no, all no no right it's more like country we get in the Americana realm uh country rock though that's what I would that's how I'd describe it well um, we, and we've had issues in the industry of like conversations with like maybe management or labels and they don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind like of true you're... because we can't, yeah, we're not pop country. So, yeah, sometimes it's hard for people to know quite where to where to put us. But I, I think would that say is like, one of the nice things and one of the reasons why I've gravitated towards y'all for so long is because you do have a really unique sound. Oh, you're, thank you. It, that's one of the things that chaps my ass is when these kids are like, oh, I sound just like Taylor Swift. I'm going to be the next Taylor Swift. And I'm like, right, right. oh, my Lord. No, you're not. There's 10,000 more of you here. Why would why would we pick a, one of the off brands when we are? You're I not going to be the next Taylor Swift because we still have Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. Well, but see, you know what we don't have? Lake and Lindale. OK. The tough thing about that is for just like marketing in general or like because we talk about this all the time. I'm like. Like, you asking us that question, we're like, I hate this question. <laughs> because it's not like, hey, we sound like this, this, and this, right? Not that, I mean, it's, we definitely have our influences. Um, and, like, as far as songwriting, I do kind of, like, Ashley McBride, Miranda Lambert. Like, I do take a lot of influence from them, for sure. Um, and I think that part goes into our music. But then, like, I feel like the boys all bring, we all have different tastes in music, too. So that's the other thing. So, so many different things get brought in. To where I, this is the other thing I hate though. I hate when people are like, we're doing something completely different, never done before. <laughs> right. Like, You're like, all right, here we go here. again, just, another person. Yeah, it's like, we that's just don't quite know. Great. Like, point. yeah, because it's not, that's not, not what it is. We're not reinventing the wheel. We definitely are taking influence from, you know, there are like, we probably have like our four core um, people who we always bring up and try to like keep in mind. Um, and then go from there, and, and each one of us kind of brings our own just But imagine a band like life. Nirvana back in Seattle in the early 90s or the late 80s. It's like, people didn't know what that sound was. Yeah. They, they created the genre that they wanted to be part of, and I think that's what you guys are kind of doing, too. You're just creating this flavor of country and rock and Americana oh, that, yeah. you don't, that you don't see out there already. Thank you. Well, thank you. Um, and I think it's just we try to stay true to what we love and what we want to do. And let people put us wherever they want. I don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> like I think that's yeah. what, so, what so many artists miss is that like they don't like their own music because they're trying to write music oh, that other gosh. people like. I think everyone well, goes through that. And I probably shouldn't say this, um, but I'm gonna. <laughs> but you're like I shouldn't, but here we go. Because like at the time I did, but that's kind of how I feel about what we were doing uh, before. I was like. Again, it was much easier to market, and mm-hmm. it was definitely, you know, like, but when I really thought about it, I'm like, I don't know if I love what we're doing, though. <laughs> right. so it was like a struggle, and it's nothing against anyone in it. I think in, at the time, I must have liked it well enough, but 
there was something always kind of like pulling me where I'm like, I don't know if I'm 100% into this. Um, yeah. That's one reason why I quit co-writing so often is because I was just it was just one of those things I thought I had to do in Nashville. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, you're supposed to co-write four or five times a week and yeah. uh-huh. make these connections and then have the songs to pitch if somebody I'm like, man, I don't care. I don't like this. Dude, I'm the same as you. Yeah. Your Channing is not because I did the same thing. You got to co-write. It's Nashville. That's what you do here. And I had the same struggle of like, I don't love, I wouldn't listen to this, so mm-hmm. why am I writing it? I think Channing, speaking on behalf of you, and correct me if I'm wrong, like you have that, that gift of like seeing the vision and you love the art of songwriting so much where you can write a pop country song or an, whatever the You the can job put yourself into that position. Yeah, to and I do, I have actually really, I really do enjoy that and I love doing that. But those are kind of separate worlds for me where it's like when it comes to something we might put out as a band, it's just a different mentality Mm -hmm. for me. You're not coming into a Lake and Lindale session with a Channing Marie song. For yeah, for the there's definitely a couple where I can I'm like, Oh yeah, that probably toes the line. (laughs) (laughs) But for the most part, we try to be like all collectively on board and like excited about what we're going to release and things like that. So those are pretty separate worlds for me. Sometimes they, you know, mm-hmm. collide, but I mean, I think they're cohesive because it's the same band put producing and putting the, the instruments on it. Sure. And so like if it's a great song, you know, acoustic and lyrically, we kind of put our twist on it. So what was your most do. recent release? Uh, it's called Take Me Back. Uh, we just put that, that was probably like two weeks ago. Or and, two yeah, or and that was ago. actually our first release where we were all co-writers. Uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. The first of the new uh, the new writing dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So was this was produced by the, shall we say, fifth member of Lake and Lindale? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind oh. of is because he plays a lot of shows with us. Uh, like, we take him whenever we can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless he's busy or something. what's your name again? Alex Keel. Okay. Yeah. So and he'll produce kinda... a lot of people like Aaron Grant mm-hmm. or Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's done a handful of people. That's very cool. Time. Yeah. So, what was the uh, recording process like? Do you all play your own instruments, or do you hire out session players? Yeah, we we play our own, um, and we will hire out like fiddle or gotcha. stuff like that. It's nice that you have the actual core group because everybody knows the parts already, so you don't have to give somebody charts and be like, mm-hmm. have this ready because we're going to track this. Well, it's funny. Sometimes we do use charts because they're like so new. Because <laughs> like, I, I honestly sometimes, there's, there's pros and cons of both. Sometimes it's nice to be like super road tested. The song, the arrangement is fleshed out, hit record, boom, done. And then I also like if it's not fleshed out, that's just as fun mm-hmm. sometimes of like, Okay, we know the chord progression and maybe the general feel, and hit record and see what happens. Let's see what happens. So some cool stuff can come from that when you're not. I agree. Prepared. When, when you don't 100 percent know what to play next, and you just yeah. kind of let your the muscle memory of your hand just go. Yeah. And then you hear a guitar solo, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't <laughs> know my hand could do that." Yeah, it's weird, and I think like credit to the other boys too of amazing players like get hired out for other stuff and whatnot. But I remember coming to Nashville early before we moved here 
and sitting in on like an A-list session, like Brent Mason, all the A-list dudes, mm-hmm. and like looking around, and be like, "Holy shit! Like this is how it's done. This is like the caliber, the standard." And so seeing that was so foreign. I don't know about you. I'm sure you've sat in on sessions like that. Um, Where you watch a player and you're like, oh, I suck. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it like, it, it, I don't know, it, you didn't know that was possible as far as like the smart, the smartness, is that a word? The smartness the of intelligence. The intelligence. The smart smart intelligence. intelligence. I don't sound smart right now, basically. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, you keep going, John. Smartness. Um, but see Smartitude. How, yeah, smartitude. The smartitude. Ooh, I like um, that. Seeing how it's done, the approach to the studio, we like adapted that and yeah. Because it's know, just, it, it is muscle memory for them because they just understand how and what and when yeah. and when not to. It's one Correct. of the things I think a lot of young guitar players, I've worked with some of them before, are that do incorrectly is they try to play too much oh, uh-huh. or they play over a, a vocal line <sighs> or... They they try to play the whole time, dude. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves. It's it <sighs> drives me nuts, especially at writers' rounds when somebody thinks, "Oh, I can just jam along to the other people," and I'm like, "No, you can't." There's like yeah. such a thing. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've had this conversation with so many people, but I will say I don't even know if we've said the boys' names though. Eric Clifford on bass. Tyler oh yeah, Flavor, we, we have drums. not said their full have names I yet. Have said their names? Shout out. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, just first. Shout out to the Eric listeners Clifford. Are like, Who are they talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These are the uh, third and fourth members, drums and bass of Lake and Lindale. Yes. Eric named. Clifford and Tyler Claver. Um, sorry we didn't say names earlier, but love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's something we always talk about is like taste. Mm-hmm. Tasteful. Like... There's a different, everyone thinks like the more notes or like the more things you can do. I'm not trying to take anything away. Like, that's Salt awesome. Salt and pepper are great if you use the right amount. Exactly. It's yeah. the same for, it's the same for vocalists. You know what I mean? It's just all putting it all together to be like, what like makes this song better? And just having that's like, one of the things tasteful. that has annoyed me with a lot of young vocalists is they, and I guess some older vocalists too, they try to vocalize too much mm-hmm. and then it you lose the, what word was that? It's yeah. like, oh, I, I heard 50 Shakira notes, but yeah. I didn't hear the word that you sang. And yep. I, I don't know how to tell these kids. It's like, it sounds good, but I don't know what the fuck you just said. Right. Well, it's, that is a really hard thing to say because I have, I feel like I've tried to, subtly say that to people (laughs) but what i'm trying to be like is like i'm missing the story like i'm missing the point of what you're trying to tell me what is the diplomatic way to say i can't understand your words (laughs) yeah like i obviously you sound great it's awesome that you can do this but your whole like point or story is getting so lost here yep that's like how i try to approach it because i'm like be their point or purpose because that they may try to just I mean, R&B may not be a, it's a song's song. And Correct. it may just need to have those flashy vocal lines. Yeah, different yeah you're right. And I personally don't cater to that just because to me, then it gets in it like, it's almost like a sport, like an mm-hmm. athletic feat of like, I'm can, I can play so fast and cool, impressive, awesome at the right time. But yeah, then it's more like a hundred yard dash or something, not music yeah. to me unless you're eddie van halen and you can play the best stuff in the world please 
pick yeah. carefully. Yes, yes. And when I say pick carefully, that is a guitar pun. Please pick <laughs> carefully. <laughs> Just in case you missed this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's so true. And again, it's like... I mean, that'll lose you a gig quick as a guitar player, drummer, bass player that's <laughs> overplaying. You know, oh my I, I still hear the guitar uh, riff that I would assume you wrote for Still Here, the acoustic intro. Uh-huh. But then I still have like a visual memory in my head of when you played that with uh, Channing at Belcourt uh-huh. and you brought your Seafoam Green Telecaster because uh-huh. you have that guitar, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. correct. I remember just seeing you play that guitar solo and for whatever reason... In my brain, I clicked into that moment, and I saw just bound and I was like, "Oh my god, that was a great guitar solo, <laughs> Thank a you. tasteful guitar solo." <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I think it's exactly like language is such a great analogy of like we all know that person that just talks, 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 but doesn't really say anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way to think about music and instrumentalists and vocalists and that's stuff. why haikus are nice because you can get a lot of information yes. in a very mm-hmm. concise way songwriting should be the same way actually songwriting that is exactly what songwriting yes. is <laughs> we did it yes we did we it did. we nailed songwriting <laughs> we just graduated from nashville we made it just make like a one-page book like songwriting 101 and it's just that yeah. <laughs> it's like a pop-up book of your I face say. coming up <laughs> how to write songs say a lot with less words yeah. done <laughs> oh did you watch the office gosh. yeah one of my favorite quotes from the office is kevin malone when he says why say lot word when few word do trick <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back and rewatch The Office. Oh my god! You guys see above my fireplace here? I have a framed. You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. That was the first thing that I bought for my house when I moved in here, and I just decided to never take it down. Never, never, no. It's. I do have quite a bit of office memorabilia in my home, though. I do have that. I have. The plushy world's best boss mug here. Oh, yeah. I have the encyclopedia of the office under my uh, record player here. And then in the bathroom, on the sliding barn door, you might have noticed the, the clown, clown from Jim and Pam's house. In Jim and Pam's house that does not come off of the wall. That is screwed into my door and does oh, not come off gosh. of the door either. Amazing. This is bad that I missed that. I've been, I just went there twice. That took me a second. I was like, why, do you ha- why does he have this? Like, I, what is wrong with Aaron? I'm just waiting and then for the... it clicked. Yeah. I think it'll be great someday if I have a girl over. It's like, it's first, second date or whatever, and we're just hanging out, watching a movie. And then she comes back, she's like, is that... Is that the clown from Jim and Pam's house in your bathroom? We'll be like, all right, so I have this ring. Um, I, think, I yes. think this is for you. Done deal. Okay, this is uh, a question for you. Because I feel like The Office and Parks and Rec got compared a lot. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Parks and Rec? I was watching Parks and Rec when you walked in. Did, did you love it? I do love Parks Same. and Rec. Okay, me too. Some I sound check like, with Bye Bye oh. little Sebastian. Yes. <laughs> well, I feel like I've had that conversation with a lot of people and they're like, no, The Office was better. See, I'm like, I, I mean, because I love both of them so I much. I love them so, both. Okay, yeah, cool. Good answer. It's yeah, like asking is, your favorite band or your favorite record. I think The record. Office is more dry humor. Yeah. Awkward humor and... Uh, Parks and Rec is definitely, shall we call it wet humor? It's overt. Yeah. Wet humor. Wet humor. I don't know if I like that. 
Did wet I just hu- coin that? Wet humor? Yeah, wet humor. <laughs> Let's roll with Floppy. it. Floppy. Yeah. Who's your favorite um, uh, Parks and Rec character off the top of your head? Of quick Parks fire. and Rec? Yeah. God, I love That's Andy tough. Dwyer. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that. I love In Andy. In my head, I was like, he's going to say Andy Dwyer. He's a lovable oaf. Yeah, he's <laughs> so good. I love One of my at- favorite lines is uh, when Andy comes back from having been gone for like a half a season or whatever when he was doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. He comes back, but his character, Andy, was in London and he lost like 60 or 100 pounds or whatever. And he's talking to Ben and he's like, what did you do? He's like, oh, I just quit drinking beer. He goes, how much beer were you drinking? He goes, a lot. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Oh, my. That's so good. I feel uh, that in my core. Oh, my gosh, yeah. How do you deal with yeah. that in Nashville, with Nashville being Nashville, and there's always a party, and there's always something to do? Like, I have... So I drink at all of the shows, which is a weird dynamic that I have with booze, because I drink at work and I don't drink when I'm not at work, mm-hmm. which yeah. is the opposite of how yeah. most right. people live. But like, I don't drink when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I have booze here, but yeah. just as as I've gotten older, shall we? I have bottles of whiskey in my cabinet that I've had for three years that I just have never put mm-hmm. a dent in because yeah. the last thing I want to do on a Friday night is do exactly what I do for work. And yeah. it's go to a writer's round and have a drink or sit and have the Voodoo Ranger beer shot special here at my house. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do something that tastes like work. So I like to do things that separate the work and the play. Yeah. I like so that. So that's, that's kind of how I've come to have a relationship with alcohol is just not drinking when I'm not working. Yeah. Okay. Did that take you? Was that a process to? It like was a find process. And, stuff? and it's, it was more, it started last year because, um, I was just getting so unhealthy, yeah. not because of like getting drunk and blacking out all the time, but I see pictures of myself and I was like, God, that kid was not taking care of himself <laughs> at all. Like my body was starting to revolt. Like I could smell the tequila in my sweat sometimes. <laughs> it's like, mm, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of America would call alcoholism <laughs> well but we we have this conversation with our friends all the time it's so hard here <laughs> there's because that's what because it's just, part of the culture of our city i mean have yeah you know, have you heard the saying it's a drinking city with a music problem yeah that's good it, it's so true because yep. that's all there is to do here is go to a show and have a drink can you yeah name, can you name five things that aren't alcohol to do in nashville no no go to well, the like the tourism too because like Drinking is such a big part of country music. And we all, like everyone here... It's part of the culture. I mean, Mm -hmm. imagine the business deals and the people who have met each other at Red Door Saloon at 1 a.m. on a Saturday. Like, that's just... That's just where it happens. And I don't want to... And I think that our generation is getting better about it, where if somebody doesn't want to drink, they're not pressured to do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that that's changed a lot because especially like I've noticed a lot more now, more of our friends are getting sober mm-hmm. and not necessarily because alcohol was hurting their lives. They're just like, this doesn't add any value yeah. to what I do. Yeah. And they just have stopped drinking. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause people, when you hear some, someone say they went sober, a lot of people assume like, Oh, they had a problem. Mm-hmm. But like you just said, some sometimes people just, just don't care. Yeah. yeah. What's the point, the benefit, you know, yeah. I respect that. I do too. And I think that's good that, I mean, our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation were 
smoking's good for you. <laughs> right. And now we're like, oh, God. Yeah. So two generations from now, our, our kids or grandkids or whatever, are they going to look at us and be like, God, they drank so much. Probably, yeah. Probably, actually, probably, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. But then there will be a new thing because yeah. now all the kids are like vaping yeah, and whatever. There will be a new thing. There will be sure. a new thing. But I've never, I've never gotten into vaping or smoking. Like it always hurt my throat. Like the the few times in college when I was like, I'm gonna try smoking pot. At the end of it, I was like, I feel weird and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we're currently vaping. We're trying to quit. We were never smokers. Okay. We would have like a casual cigarette. And I should, I should say me. I'll speak. <laughs> you, you did all right. John says that as Channing. On like, my nights out, there was nothing casual <laughs> for me. Oh yeah. For you me. were like, all bets are off. Yeah. All bets were off then. You're just ripping anyways, a pack. That's so you said you've been trying to quit smoking? Well, so. But we now would, instead, we don't yeah, do maybe, cigarettes anymore or anything. Correct. But. We would have a cigarette. Um, when we would go out and stuff, gotcha. we wouldn't be like, wake up and light a cigarette on the porch. I was oh, never yeah. that guy. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so we kicked the cigarettes and then we just replaced one vice with mm-hmm. another. Right. And now we're like, oh, let's, how do we kick in the vape now? So yeah, that's one of the things that I know that I never, one of the reasons why I know I never had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol was because I never woke up in the morning and wanted a drink yeah. this, the mm-hmm. way that I wanted to have coffee. Yeah. I would give mm-hmm. up alcohol today if it meant that i could have coffee Mm -hmm. fortunately i don't have to make that decision but i do have a problem with coffee 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 is it coffee or caffeine in general i think it's i think i like the like the routine of getting up and i like the smell of it in the house Mm -hmm. and the grinding of the beans yeah Uh but uh I, if I have tea or something in the morning like if i'm sick i don't drink coffee but i'll make green tea yeah Uh, i do have the I do have the, whatever you call it, the caffeine headaches. I do get yeah. those 100%. Yeah, same. I do get those if I don't have caffeine. Yeah. But I don't get, if I don't have a drink, I don't get a headache for that. Right. Yeah. So I do, I do know that I don't have the addiction to alcohol the same way that I do addiction to caffeine. Oh. Yeah. Do, That's how you, I feel too. Are I you like at the have... point where you're like immune to, where like you could drink a cup of coffee and then take a nap? Does nothing. Yeah. I... I used to be like that when I was in college. I worked at a candy store, and <laughs> that's my background story. Yeah. That's my origin story. Candy I was a professional it. chocolatier. We talked about it on last week's episode with Jameson Fox. I was a professional chocolatier for about nine years and what? made candy professionally. And Dang. because I was surrounded by cookies and candies and cakes and caramels yeah. and everything all the time i had to fight the urge to snack yeah oh, oh i have to make five thousand chocolate covered oreos i'll eat a couple so to fight the urge to eat snacks all the time i drank coffee yeah and i would drink two full pots of coffee a day <gasps> oh my which God. is like 20 cups of yeah, coffee yeah that's so i started getting really bad trimmers and I still, I still have not great trimmers, but they're not as bad. But I was drinking so much coffee back then, yeah. like I couldn't, I couldn't write because my hand was so streaky. And I did eventually just decide, like, this is this is ruining my life. Yeah, yeah. because I would get like migraine level headaches if I didn't have my uh, amount of caffeine. So I didn't go cold turkey. I just started at the top and was like, all right, today I'll have yep. my full two pots. 
tomorrow but, I'll yeah. have 18 cups. So I slowly weaned myself yeah. down. And now I'm at like two or three cups a day. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's yeah. healthy. That's not a... <laughs> two or three cups of coffee is like barely half a... Not even half a yeah. pot. Right. So I, I do like that though. I've gotten really on those Celsius drinks. Those <gasps> energy drinks. <sighs> those are dangerous. I love uh, them. I know. The orange one? I've been drinking this one called Peach Vibe. Uh, you got you got a Peach Vibe one the other day, I think. Usually I'm not into... It was good. I'm not usually a peach. I wasn't person. either, but this one, I really yeah. like this one. But the I Celsius usually, drinks yeah. are really nice. I know. I, I only drink them at the gym, though, because oh, they really? get me so wired. Man. I don't drink them quickly. Like, but I'll take one to a right and I'll like drink it all the way drink through. Drink through the whole thing. So, and then I usually have like a cup of coffee in the morning. I don't think that's terrible. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do like to have coffee while I'm writing. It's. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dolly Parton, pour myself a cup of ambition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, at my worst, like, one of the worst things was, it was like all night gig. I had an early obligation the next morning, and I stayed up all night driving. And I remember buying a Monster, and then a five-hour energy, and then putting the five-hour oh. energy in the Monster. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those moments, like we were talking about earlier. I was like, "How did I? Go- how did I get here? How did I get to this place? I am not taking care is, of myself. Is this bottoming out? Is this rock yeah. bottom? Yeah. <laughs> well, y'all, I appreciate your time today. We've we've talked about so much, but I would like to yeah. learn a little bit more about L and L, as it were. Can you tell me what's what's in the pipeline for the band of Lake and Lindale? Yeah. What's coming up next? Yeah, sorry, we really took you on a lot of tangents today, I feel like. <laughs> this but, is um, honestly <laughs> my favorite part of the podcast. Yeah. I do I do have to circle it back to yeah, music yeah. eventually, but it, we talked about you being a witchy bird lady for <laughs> a while, and that's my favorite part. I feel like I should bring that back. <laughs> All 200 of our subscribers are going to be like, what the fuck was that episode? <laughs> uh, um, for L&L, we've got, let's see, we have a new single coming out end of August. Um, and then we just shot the music video for that this past weekend, which what was is really that? fun. What is that called? Uh, Flea Market. Flea Market. Yeah. And that'll be coming out here in a few uh, few weeks. We've yep. got the the release of this delayed until, I believe, sometime uh, early August. So uh, if there's a pre-save, go find it at the link in their yep. bio. Got to do that. So yeah. Flea Market, continue what you were saying. Oh, um, and then we have... Probably two more singles before the end of the year we're going to put out. And then a couple years ago, we did this like stripped down EP. It was called In the Nude Volume 1. And we're finally. Amazing, (laughs) amazing way to talk about acoustic stuff. (laughs) You should. the, um, The cover art for that is just the boys' butts. (laughs) <laughs> and there's a very that. funny story to that photo shoot, but anyway, but I'll say we that. did do a that. naked photo shoot. Yeah, we shoot. did a naked photo yeah. shoot. That means you guys really are good friends. You're like, let's get our let's get our asses right it next was, to each other. It was hilarious, but um, we're just now getting around to volume two, so we're going to be putting out in the nude volume two probably within the the next few months as well. So it's kind of just a lot of our singles, and then we're also doing, you know, stripped-down versions of them. So Yeah, and just over the last year, it's that battle of trying to constantly feed, mm-hmm. feed the Spotify algorithm. So that's what we're doing, trying to do. Yep. But More it's always music. hungry. It's still, the algorithm's always hungry. <laughs> well, can feed you give it. us your plugs? Tell people where they can find you online? Yeah. 
Um, you can find us at Lake and Lindale on Instagram. That TikTok. is Lake and Lindale. Oh, yes. Not Lake and Lake D- and Lindale. Correct, yeah. Lake and Lindale. Thank you. I don't enunciate it sometimes. Don't worry. I say it too. Lake and Lindale. <laughs> Lake and Lindale. On Instagram, we'll have the, uh, we'll, TikTok, We'll have all of this Spotify. in the episode link description as well, just in case. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to see it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that is funny. I never thought about that. Lake in... Like... L-A-K-E-N. The part, Lake in yeah, Lindale. Yeah. We should make I'm a new band you, name. I'm telling you, band names are hard. They are hard. <laughs> Imagine all these sad saps just using their names. <laughs> I put up a post on my Facebook the other day, and these sassy, snarky Facebook posts are some of my favorite things about the internet. And one of them is how I love artists that use, like, the single moniker, like, Cher or Prince or Bono, whoever you are. If you can have a cool signature name, that's great. But there's these kids in Nashville who are like, I'm going to be the Alex. I was like, no, you don't get to be the Alex. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you're you like, don't oh, get, you don't no. get that yeah. one. Yeah. Like, and some of these people are like, no, like, I'm it. I'm like, mm, no. Yeah. I'm, Wait. Or, I mean, I also feel bad. I know the Alex Smith. Like, just at Alex Smith. I've had him play tour stop, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard generic name. Yeah. Imagine yeah. Google searching Alex Smith and returning 900 million results. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Lake and Lindale probably would just direct right to you guys. Signature name. Perk of a signature name. It does. We're all over page one of Google. What's your website? Um, Lakeandlindale.com. That kind of sounded like Siri. (laughs) Lakeandlindale.com. I was trying to enunciate. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll have all of their, uh, their contact info linked in the episode description this week. Thank you for tuning in, y'all. Thank yeah. you for being here. Uh, Anything for you'd like us, to Aaron. leave the listeners with this week? Before I ask you the final question, which I didn't tell you about, oh. but um, I, I will surprise you with it. Any anything you'd like to say before I ask the last mm. question? Um, no, go for it. Cut out those vocal runs and guitar wanking. Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the last thing I, I like what? to ask sometimes is, uh, do you have tips for people who want to come to Nashville? And it doesn't have to be music business. It could be, uh, for example, don't eat at the East Nashville Taco Bell. <laughs> do you have any <laughs> tips for people in Nashville, uh, stuff that you love about the city? Or if you do want to give music business advice, you're more than welcome to do so. Do you have any tips to leave people with this week so like people coming to visit nashville whoever um it could be for katie fee who's listened to this episode okay i see you katie well i would say we have a lot of spots in east nashville that uh i would say uh there's no wrong answer and i'm really i'm really not crushing it right now oh you're going food advice eh? well i was just saying like hangout spots because a lot of people always ask me where to go and then um i would say there's some cool spots in east nashville if you don't want to be downtown maybe i don't Um, ever want to be downtown (laughs) no (laughs) i know but every time someone comes to visit they're like will you please come downtown with us and i'm like no Oh, man. Sorry, what? I have to go walk Wait. my dog. And I'm you're like, like it's yes. midnight. Like, I'm like, yeah. will you come with me? I'll take you somewhere. <laughs> oh. um, 
I would say you just got to do it. Cool. You waste a lot of time thinking and second guessing. and I like that. You, oh, I didn't understand the question. You meant someone coming to move here. Yeah, it could be either or. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no one point to okay. move one or the other. If somebody wants to move here, if somebody wants to visit here, if Katie Fee is still listening, Katie, well, we, we can give you advice too. Katie Fee, <laughs> if you're moving here. No, she lives here. She's played too. Oh. She, she plays oh. all the time. Sorry, Katie, <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> Shout pick out. someone else then. <laughs> Think of a different name. Um, Sadie B. There, Katie. <laughs> Sadie, who's moving here. Um, my advice <laughs> for something music related, uh, I always just say one thing I'm grateful for is uh, you just got to have really thick skin and, you know, take like the nose and things like that and use it and like don't let it rock your world. Just keep like, because you have your goals, you know. Keep the eye on on the goals and just take the noses like it's just helping you on working your way up. And uh, seriously, just the grind, working hard, grinding. It is a long game. It it is a long game (laughs) here in Nashville. But y'all, thank you for being here this week. Follow Lake and Lindale on your social media platforms. Come see them at a show sometime. In the meantime, follow us at Nashville Tour Stop on your social media platforms. You can find us on the web and follow our full show calendar at NashvilleTourStop.com. In the meantime, in the meantime, in the meantime, though, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville, Nashville Tour, Tour Stop. Stop. Yeah, motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs>